Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up on today's show, Starfield release date news, Final Fantasy rumors, or new details? Britt will tell us. Another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined by the one, the only, the blonde wonder, Brittany Brombacher. I wasn't sure who you were going to intro, and then I heard blonde, and I was like, all right, I'm on. Hello, hi. (laughs) Hi, happy new year, merry Christmas. All the things. Yes, happy Kwanzaa, Mazel Tov, happy Hanukkah. (laughs) There's like three more holidays I'm definitely forgetting. Oh, but guess who else? is here, Mrs. Rihanna Manuel Pena. Hello. Hello. How do I sound in my my new sure mic? Girl, it sounds delicious. Congratulations Mm. on your new setup. I saw the photos online. Everything looks fantastic. Thank you. How are you you. feeling in it? Are you still breaking it in? It's great. I do still need to decorate, of course. You know how we cozy gamers like to decorate things. but It is looking just a little bare (laughs) back there. It's a little bare back there, but we'll get it. In front of me is very exciting because I have all my new gadgets and gizmos, but I'll work on the background. I promise. It takes time. Sometimes you just got to, you know, like have a vision and then you got to like add in pieces. As you know, because you're building your home right now, you got to sometimes just sit in it for a while and then then the vision will come to you. Yeah. The first thing I already know. All right, Britt, what do you have in your hand there? I got to give a shout out because this shit's actually really good. It's Scatterbrain Dark Chocolate Banana Whiskey. Wait, hold on. Hold, Hold the phone. Dark chocolate banana, banana whiskey. whiskey. Huh. I thought you were going to say vodka for sure. No, no, it's whiskey and it's actually really good. So every Christmas Jason and I buy each other way too many minis and then it overflows and lasts us like the first quarter of the new year. And so I decided to start tackling that stash. And yeah, it's called dark chocolate banana whiskey. And I got to say it's good. It's wow. good. I'm just drinking it straight from the bottle too. Fun surprise. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Also in your shot here, I see you have a new piece of artwork. <laughs> Majima peep daddy. Here we go. I mean, that is so intense. (laughs) I just like, I love that your husband gets these things for you because he knows of your fandom. It does. So for those of you listening, it is Guru Majima of Yakuza, but it's his Guromi outfit where he dresses as a hostess. Except for in this one, he's wearing like lacy panties and a lacy bra. He has his, his blonde wig on and he's like pulling like his bra strap down. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And like you said, Andrea, shout out to Jason for finding it and getting it for me, having no clue what it even is. He was like, I don't even know if that's actually Majima. And I'm like, it is. You did great. And now it sits next <laughs> to my Magikarp. <laughs> You're two bays. I love it. Well, let's get into the show, shall we? Thank you to this month's Patreon producer Chewie's godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Stephen Summers, Guy on the Stick, and Eric Moden. <laughs> you can support our show at patreon.com slash what's good games. And we appreciate all of our patrons for continuing to help bring our voices to the world of video game podcasts. And we have some new reviewers as well. Brittany. We have Alex Brand 1 and Erica P- Preview. Also, it's weird to hear you call me Brittany. I don't know. It just kind of weirds me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm in I'm in that kind of a vibe today. I'll I go back I, to Britt. Don't I, worry. I, I think. Like, I feel like I'm kind of in trouble, but I kind of liked it. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much for the kind reviews, obviously, especially over the holidays. We had a nice break, but now we're back and it gives us that extra little fuel to our fire to get this party started in 2023. Should be a good year. I'm very excited. Absolutely. And today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Honey, and Factor. But we'll tell you more about that later because right now, Rihanna has an announcement. I do. So I am very excited to help amplify the messaging that 
the program called Amplifying New Voices that I'm involved with that takes marginalized developers from across the entire world and sends them to GDC for training on how to develop their profiles, how to market their game, and even gives them a track into doing GDC talks, as well as letting them attend the conference for free. Applications are now open. So for 2023, Amplifying New Voices is sending developers to GDC that is in San Francisco, March 19th, 2023. So the actual Amplifying New Voices program is on the Sunday. And then anybody who is accepted into the program are free to attend GDC for the rest of the week. And their trip is definitely calmed by amplifying new voices. So it's really, really amazing opportunity. If you or any game developers out there have been trying to get to GDC, know somebody who who wants to attempt to apply and get into the program, please share this information with them. We are now taking new applicants for this 2023 conference. So the website is amplifyingnewvoices.org. We'll include that in the show notes and reach out to me, Rihanna tweets now if you have any questions. Such a fantastic program. So congrats to you guys got that funding. I know every year can be a struggle having to go and fundraise, but it's such an amazing program. So check it out, everybody, AmplifyNewVoices.org. And with that, let's get into the news. Guess what, everybody? Starfield is coming out in 2023. Big surprise, I know. (laughs) But the news is that they have confirmed, they being Bethesda, that it's on track to release in the first half of 2023. God help us all. So according to GameSpot, 2023 is shaping up to be a big year for Microsoft, as we already knew. And while things can change for now, there's a page on Bethesda Game Studios website that has a line of text that confirms that Starfield will arrive, quote, exclusively on Xbox Series X and S and PC in the first half of 2023. So what that means, of course, is before June, right? And there was some speculation that maybe May could be a release date, maybe June, maybe April. I don't think we're going to get it before March. I feel like there would be some kind of a marketing blitz with pre-orders if they actually had a release date like that. But my gosh, if this game comes out in May or June, we are all screwed. (laughs) (laughs) We're screwed anyway. If you guys haven't listened to our most anticipated video, we're already screwed. There's no recovering from the amount of screwing that we're getting. So you know what? What's one more? What's one more good screw? You know what I mean? Because as a reminder, there's The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. There's Diablo 4. Final Fantasy 16. And I thought there was one more. There's Resident Evil. I mean, Before, even yeah. if it was just Zelda, oh. yeah. that would that would be bad. Then you throw or in- just Diablo. So yeah. we're just yeah, it's gonna be rough. Well, last yeah. year we had what Elden Ring and Horizon right around the same time, and even just like you're saying, just two games <laughs> to take up all of those hours with those open worlds. It's it's gonna be. Uh, That's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) Indeed. But it's going to be a great year to be a gamer. Brittany, it turns out there's some rumors and speculation that you've dropped into the show notes. Would you like to talk about that? Oh, it's happening. Okay, (laughs) so just a few days ago, this story broke. Yoshinaro Katasi, the producer of Final Fantasy, a producer, excuse me, T's big Final Fantasy announcement is coming in 2023, unrelated to Final Fantasy VII. And so I don't need to read the whole ass quote here, but essentially the one line, again, I'm going to read it as it appears in the little blog post. There's also another big announcement unrelated to Final Fantasy VII that I can't say anything about yet. And then rest assured, we're working hard to make sure 2023 is the most exciting year yet. It's about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. But no one cares about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. All they care about is that line I just mentioned because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, that this is Final Fantasy IX Remake. I am 100% convinced now. Is is it based off actual receipts or fandom? More of the fandom, but I don't care. So I'm going to run down again my loose receipts that I have. And by loose receipts I mean these are like crumpled pieces of chicken scratch in my back pocket (laughs) but we're gonna gonna go through them okay let's go back to 2021 which feels like forever ago because it kind of was so in September 2021 if you remember that was there was that Nvidia leak remember that leak that happened where all like hundreds Mm -hmm. of games were were yeah Final Fantasy 9 remake was one of the games on that list and Nvidia did confirm that that list was factual and legit of course they did not commit to individual games but I'm just saying that's on 
on there and other games that were on that list have since come to fruition, like the Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamer Edition, Kingdom Hearts 4, and Tactics Ogre Reborn. So it's looking real good for that. But then in June 2021, we got the Final Fantasy IX animated series announcement from Kid Screen. This is the one that is based off of the actual game itself and appealing to 8 to 13 year old children, teenagers, which is like fine, whatever. We haven't seen anything about it any major official capacity. It's been officially announced, but we actually haven't seen it yet. But apparently it was shown off last May to IP holders. So we'll see when we actually get to see that. Fingers crossed. And then there's Chocobo GP, that racing game from Square, which unfortunately is now going tits up. But in the reveal trailer, there was a lot of Final Fantasy IX in that trailer. Like, And we never, ever get Final Fantasy IX in any promo marketing materials from Square. That was a big, like, hmm, mm, mm, scratching my beard. And then in November of 2021, there was an entire ass article written about Final Fantasy IX from one of the main people who worked on it, Kazuhiko Aoki, who said, if you're playing Final Fantasy IX for the first time on PlayStation Now and find it fun, then I'd be delighted if you join us and continue to create Final Fantasy IX into the future. Now, sure, that's probably some, like, random ass translation. You know, language is hard. But the fact that they took... Final Fantasy IX, just because it came to PlayStation Now and decided to write a whole ass article about it and that little sentence was there, it's happening. You can't convince me otherwise at this point, and I swear to God, if this turns out to be Final Fantasy Tactics Remastered, which is the other potential rumor, I will backflip off this universe and pull an Alexa Ray Korea. But I don't think that's that. (laughs) I don't think you take a remaster and tease it as another big announcement. I think this is the remake, and when it happens, I hope one of you are with me, because I'm going to shit, piss, and barf all at the same time, and it's going to be liquidy, but it's going to be so good. You say these things like it's an endearing situation for us to be in, but I don't really want to be around that much of your bodily fluid. I'm just going to be frank. So what? You'll you'll be around your daughter's bodily fluids, but you won't be around mine? You've known me longer, Andrea. I am morally and legally obligated to be around my daughter's fluids, so um, yes. I don't... <laughs> No. Oh, it's not going to be endearing. It's going to be awful. But like, fuck, that's what friends are for. They have to help you with those unfortunate circumstances. You know, I will always hold your hair back, Brett. You just say the word. Oh, God. I think I can feel it in my loins. I think it's happening. (laughs) It's happening. I really want this for you. I do. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Your enthusiasm and passion about this makes me excited for you. And it it makes me slightly sad that I don't have that kind of passion for almost anything that I would, you know, eject fluids out of my body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The places we could go with that, but we won't. Okay, and moving on. Oh, my God. We also have rumors from Atlas, who has hinted at unannounced new projects for 2023. And this comes from GameSpot. Essentially, Atlas just put out like a hey thank you so much for buying our games and supporting our very very large successful company and then at the very end of their statement they said in 2023 we will start with the remastered releases of p3p and persona 3 and persona 4 and we also are preparing several new unannounced titles please look forward to it now the rumor is that persona 3 remake is in the works according to multiple people and this will supposedly feature persona 5 style graphics and gameplay so this is very exciting i'm not as passionate about this as my final fantasy 9 but i think this would be really great because i've only played persona 3 4 and 5 i haven't tackled like the earlier ones in that but persona 3 is i think one of the strongest installments in the entire persona series but you know it is an older game i think it was on the playstation 2 and then it was ported to the psp and there's no real definitive version of this game for people to play you know you have the interesting persona 3 portable on psp where you can play as a female protagonist you have different social links however your movement is limited to cursor style movement you can't actually freely roam the world like you could in the original persona 3 and i know i'm getting into the weeds but the tldr is that both of these games i feel like while they feature mostly the same story but obviously playing as a female protagonist which you couldn't do in the original one gives you some different options and whatnot they need to like combine and make a baby because there's things from both games that are better than the other. So they need to like bang and come up with a Persona 5-esque style game. And I think that's the rumor that most people are excited about. Now, seeing whether or not this actually is announced anytime soon, who knows? This is just one possibility, but it is a rumor that has me all sorts of hot and bothered because it's a very, very strong game, a very good game. I just think a lot of folks are going to be turned off by how, dare I say, old it is and plays. So that is the Atlas news. I appreciate you 
and your ability to take just a shred of something <laughs> and be like, but let's talk about what it could be. Oh, man. That's, you got to keep that hope alive, man. You know? It's exciting yes, that's shit. What we're, we're all about the passion here yeah. at What's Good Games. We love it. Something's got to get you fluidity. <laughs> Listen, we got to, we got to, like, we got to, I think, keep a lid on how many things are going to trigger fluids. So maybe... <laughs> You know, we fluid the which definitive ones are the priorities. The definitive fluid <laughs> ranking of what's good games oh that gosh. needs to be. <laughs> Yikes! I'm just gonna let that one slide right by, and we're gonna continue <laughs> on with See the what show. You did there. <clears throat> oh no! It just keeps going. Waded right into those waters. <laughs> but before, <laughs> yes, me, yes. You fucking rock star. That was so good. Yeah. I couldn't. You know what? Not. If you didn't know where you were, everybody, welcome back. This is What's Good Games, <laughs> a video games podcast for children, for adults and not for children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep talking about some news. But before we do that, I have a word from one of this week's sponsors. Today's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like walking your dog in public without securing them on a leash. Most of the time, you're probably going to be fine. But what if one day your dog runs away or gets dog napped? No one wants that. It's better to be careful, especially when it's as simple as using ExpressVPN. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, your online data is not secured. Any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data. But ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so they can't. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. ExpressVPN works works on all of your devices too, phones, laptops, tablets, even your smart TVs. And it's easy to use. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. I mean, just the other day, I was out at the mall shopping for baby clothes like I do, and I needed to connect to the mall's free Wi-Fi to look up some coupons. And I opened up my ExpressVPN app and got connected ASAP to make sure that my login details were secure because, let's be honest, if there was ever a sketchy public Wi-Fi to be on, it's the one at the mall, am I right? Don't let free sketchy Wi-Fi freak you out. Get ExpressVPN and connect stress-free. Get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free at expressvpn.com slash what's good games. That's expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Brett, I feel like you should just be running the news this week because this is another <laughs> Britney special. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, this is a good episode to come back to. Uh, yeah, let's get caught up on the Zelda and Switch bullshit we missed during our break because some things happened. Nothing too monumental, but some fun stuff that I feel like we need to be kept a privy of. So... First and foremost, the ESR, ESR beating. Wow, ESR beating? What the <laughs> hell? My mind is all sorts of in the gutter. I don't know if it was all that talk we had earlier. That I Andy- just thought it was the dark chocolate banana whiskey. No, I haven't had enough of that. I think this, it's, <laughs> it, this, is, I don't, this is just rust. Okay. <clears throat> ESRB rating for Tears of the Kingdom has been given. So it has an E10 plus with warnings of fantasy violence and mild suggestive themes. This is the rating that Breath of the Wild got. You know... I know I'm one of those people who always want to see Zelda get a little higher of a rating. Like, let's do a Twilight Princess and give it a T for teen. But that's not happening. That's okay, though. It doesn't necessarily need it. But, you know, I like my dark. I want my Zeldas to be dark. But alas, probably not going to get it too much with this one. Then this was the kind of the interesting one. And this is something I would do unfathomable things for if this turns out to be true. The OLED model for Tears of, for Zelda has been supposedly leaked, and this comes from Insider Gaming. So newly leaked images have surfaced online that allegedly show a new Zelda Tears of the Kingdom OLED Switch. The images were first posted to Fami boards and then reposted to Reddit Gaming Leaks and Rumors. It's unclear if the images are real or not, but the images are yet to be DMCA'd by Nintendo, which could confirm their authenticity. It appears the console does not come with the game itself, suggesting that it could release prior to the game's release date on May 12th. So it's real pretty, right? And it's the hard thing of, so I'll try to describe it. So the dock itself is white and has like some gold tracings about it. And on the inside, you have the Triforce and the crest in the middle. The Joy-Cons are plated gold and it has some green little, I don't know, doohickeys on it. Not actually plated in gold. Not plated gold, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, this is a very expensive OLED model. I hope you're ready to give up your firstborn for it. I have no doubt that would sell out instantaneously. 
simultaneously if Nintendo ever decided to make an actual gold-plated yeah. set of Joy-Cons that were Zelda-themed. Dude. Like, that would become, like, probably a huge collector's item, but... Yeah. Sadly, this is not that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Um, it's really pretty, though. I mean, it's gold, not gold-plated, and there's green on the left one, like, little white spirally things on the right one. I mean, it's just real pretty, and the box does look really... looks legit. It looks authentic. Again, though, but people and their Photoshop skills are out of this world in this day and age, so I don't really know, but if this is real... I would really have to, I'd have to struggle. I would struggle. I don't know if I would get it. I'd love to get it, but I already have an OLED switch. And I don't know. You know, I just don't know if I need it. I don't want to go through the process of transferring everything over again. If it wasn't so difficult, like if it was as easy as Xbox makes it to move your profile like between systems, then it wouldn't be so bad. But it is like a whole thing you got to do when you move switches. I would buy so many more switches if I could just have one docked on every TV in my house. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a lazy ass thing to say and do, but it would just make my life so much easier. But no, I'm hauling that bitch up and down the stairs all day, every day, but it's fine. The other little rumor that kind of got people's panties in a, in a little tight twisted bundle was a advertisement that appeared to be Dutch in origin. And on it, I'm not even going to try to read it. It translates to get more out of your Nintendo Switch. And then on the right of that, there is the Nintendo Switch Online logo. And so, of course, people are like, oh my god, is this actually going to have online multiplayer? Is it going to have any online functionality? And I, I, I am usually the one who wants to believe and get hyped all the hell. But I think this is just probably an advertisement for a future DLC, some cloud saves. It's probably just an ad for the online system itself, which is, would be required to access those things. So I'm just going to shoot that rumor down real quick and say, like, I don't think there's any online functionality in this game, although I would fucking love it. And then the other and final rumor related to Zelda and the Switch is coming from Games Radar. It's saying that this could be Nintendo Switch's final, quote, significant release. And that is according to two reporters taking to Twitter in recent weeks. Firstly, GamesIndustry.biz reporter Chris Dring responded to a Twitter user revealing that, according to his sources, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom could be followed by a huge gap for Nintendo first-party releases. More recently, VGC's Andy Robinson tweeted that Tears of the Kingdom could well be the final major launch on the Switch. Both reporters alleged that Tears of the Kingdom might be followed by a significant gap if there even is another major exclusive released after the new Zelda title after all. And then on Digital Foundry's latest podcast, they mentioned that the Switch Pro was in the works like a mid-gen refresh until Nintendo canceled the entire project. And what we'll see next will be the next Nintendo console, and it probably won't be 2023. And their reasoning was... And it's a good reason that transitions make Nintendo nervous is the TLDR. And more specifically, if you look at the historic launch of Nintendo's consoles, you have the GameCube, which I loved, but it didn't perform super great. So kind of like a meh. Then you had the Wii, which is a woohoo, did really great. Then you had the Wii U, which was like a huge ass meh. And then you had the Switch, which was like an epic woohoo. And so where do you go from here, right? Do you do a mid refresh Switch upgrade? And would it make sense? And so I think they're kind of, they are probably being very careful about what they do next with the Switch and trying to figure out how do we make this attractive and make this worth the extra purchase of a brand new console. I mean, this came out in 2017, so we're like five years, six years now, going on six years into this console. And while I think the functionality of it is amazing and I love my Switch, it's old, doesn't run stuff very well, so there needs to be something that happens here. But what is that and what does that look like? And that's probably what they're internally talking about. And if these rumors are true, why they scrapped the Switch 4K or whatever the hell they're going to call it. So interesting stuff. We'll see. I would hope that we would get a new Mario game this year. I feel like we're very much due for that. But again, all rumors and speculation at this point. Well, we got the OLED within the last two years, right? So, I mean, not quite a you know, mid-generation upgrade, but definitely another mm-hmm. skew. And it looks like maybe that's it. Like, that's all we're yeah. going to get for the Switch generation in general. Yeah. I mean, I think we all were hopeful, you know, for 2020. But I feel like sometimes these stories come out and they're completely wrong anyway. <laughs> true. <They're, laughs> true. That like people are like, we've got all these inside sources and this is the way it's going to be. And and then Nintendo's like, OK, whatever you think, that's absolutely not true whatsoever. And that's why I'm holding out hope that maybe. Yeah. You never know. There's still a chance. I want to believe, Andrea. I want to believe, but <laughs> just keep riding the the hope, the high, the get hype that you're on 
so far today, and hopefully will carry us through. A couple quick in case you missed it. Hitman 3 is being rebranded as the World of Assassination, putting the entire trilogy in one package. They announced it over on a blog post, they being IO Interactive, of course, the developer, and it is going to be available for purchase on January 26th, and Hitman 1 and 2 are being removed from storefronts. So it's interesting that this is happening. I mean, it could just be like marketing, branding. They have plans in the future. It could be IP related. Maybe they're going to transition the Hitman IP to something else. Maybe there's some other kind of legal thing happening. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully not. Um, but if you're into Hitman, you know, if it changes names suddenly on you, now you know why. Rihanna, some news that I think you might find interesting. Cult of the Lamb is getting a major content update this year. Yeah. So Game Informer reported on the Twitter thread from the Cult of the Lamb account that they have an update that lots of people have been requesting like different accessibility improvements quality of life features and so on and so forth but the the one that was the most interesting to me was that there are going to be new heavy attacks with unique effects and new aoe offensive mechanics so that, that's really exciting i love cult of the lamb again as a, a cozy gamer somebody who loves decorating and things and tending to my flock i really enjoy those elements of cult of the lamb but the fighting didn't grab me as, as hard, and I'm excited to go back and experiment with some different weapons, loadouts, and, and different fighting mechanics after this update. So I think this is what I needed, at least, to get pulled back in. I think what I need is I need to know more about this depth that they're talking about, because the combat to me was, like, fine. Combat didn't really bother me because it was simple, and I was like, I just want to get back to my flock anyway. But the sim part of it is kind of where I burned out, because I wanted to be able to do more, and I feel like I kind of mastered it, and it was kind of a little repetitive. So if the Add more management stuff. I think that could be really interesting too. But all we heard about was the heavy attacks, like we yeah. mentioned, which look really cool because you get ever like specific like knives that fall from the sky or axes can be thrown around like a boomerang. Like that sounds fun. That does. Like a nice and, and Massive yeah. Monster said that's just a tidbit uh, of what they're updating. So mm -hmm. maybe you will get some of well, that good. added. Yeah, I mean, there's a major content, right? Update. So. Hopefully, it's going to be a lot of stuff. I have it on my Switch, and every time I go to open it, like something like pulls me away, and I just can't <laughs> keep going back to it. So maybe I'll just continue to wait until the content update comes out, and then maybe that'll be a good time to finally dive deep into Cult of the Lamb. But speaking of what we've been playing, it is time to take our break. When we come back, we are going to talk about just that. So stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. And to be specific, there's more than just 36. 36 plus is one of your New Year's resolutions to stop spending so much money on takeout. Like mine, those fees really add up. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, you know that your factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. But if you're looking to bulk up this winter, you can add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factor75.com slash what's good 60 and use what's good 60 to get 60% off of your first box. That's code what's good 60 at factor75.com slash what's good 60 to get 60% off of your first box. Today's episode of What's Good Games is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or your computer. 
Now, I'm not sure what it is, but whenever I score a deal on something that I'm shopping for, the sun feels a little bit brighter, the air is a little bit sweeter, and for a moment, everything feels right in the world. And that feeling gets even better when it's a deal on something that you expected to pay full price for. You know the feeling, the one where you're at the cash register and the person ringing you up tells you the thing you're about to buy is actually on sale? Score, right? Well, thanks to Honey, that feeling comes around a lot more often because Honey makes manually searching for coupon codes a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites and when you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site and if they find one, you'll watch the prices drop. You guys know I love Honey. I've been talking about them a lot on the show and I just redeemed some of my Honey Gold for a gift card. But I will never not use Honey because I keep getting these awesome deals. For example, I just saved $140 on a piece of furniture I bought online. That is not an inconsequential amount of money. I was shocked, trust me, when I clicked the button. I was like, wait a minute. Is this real? It was too easy, you guys. Honey also doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone, too. All you have to do is activate it on Safari, in your phone, and save on the go. Now, if you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out on deals. And by getting it, you're going to be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Win-win. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what's good. That's joinhoney.com slash what's good. And don't forget, you can type it into Safari on your phone. Joinhoney.com slash what's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events we have been to. And speaking of events... I am going to CES 2023. It is currently underway in Las Vegas. I'm excited to see some new tech stuff, so I'm going to report back on that next week with our special guest, one Paris Lily is going to be on the show. He's very excited, and we're going to talk about some some nerdy PC things, so it's going to be fun. (laughs) But for now, we're going to talk about what we've been playing and... We've all been playing some different things over the break. Brittany, you were playing a redacted game. I was, yeah. I'll be able to talk about it in a few weeks, but it has consumed my life in a good way. So Ooh, that's all I can exciting. say about that. But you also revisited Pathfinder. I did, yes. I think I've talked about this briefly on the show, maybe during one of our old happy hour live streams. But yeah, so over the break, you know, Jason and I were like, what can we do that's like more cooperative and not just staring at screens? And then we remembered Pathfinder, the adventure card game, which is a cooperative, nerdy-ass card game where you it's deck building and you work together to defeat the villain and move on with the story. And that sounds really cliche, but it's really fun. There's a lot of strategy in it. It's not necessarily a super easy card game to play. And what I mean by that is it's not like a walk in the park. Once you get the mechanics sound of it, like you're good to go, but you have to be really smart with how you play. And so it's a really fun game to play. You play by yourself, but I think playing it with someone else, it's just a, a really good way to to connect with someone and so we're having a really good time doing that and that's kind of well it's taken over our entire dining room table because like these card <laughs> games take up a lot of space I need to know how does one play these games in an organized fashion if anyone has any tips please for the love of God let me know because I I don't know it looks like a, a bomb went off on my table and I'm very sad about it it's just a really fun game and I'll talk more about it probably in the coming weeks because I know you two have been playing some fun stuff and Andrea I know you just recently got a new gadget for Christmas <laughs> I'm very excited to hear about. I did. So if y'all follow me on Twitter, you may have seen me post a photo of one of the gifts that Santa brought me. I had mentioned that I had sent him a letter to the North Pole being like, dear Santa, can I have a Steam Deck for Christmas? <laughs> and apparently I made the nice list because I got Yay. one. 
So after hearing so many people, Rihanna included, talk about how much they love their Steam Deck and how fun it is, I was like, maybe this is the thing that finally gets me to play more PC games because y'all know I talk about it. I don't enjoy the experience of coming out here and sitting at the production desk because all I think about is work when I'm here and I'm like, oh, I could be doing this or I could be doing this. And then I don't end up actually playing games out here. So I don't really play a lot of PC games. Mm -hmm. I'm a console bay. So Steam Deck could hopefully, you know, open the doors for me to return to playing PC games like I did as a child. So, of course, the thing that everybody says play on Steam Deck is Vampire Survivors. Rihanna talked about it extensively last year. So I've been playing Vampire Survivors. And? And... I'm not going to lie. I almost rage quit and abandoned it. <laughs> That's what I did. I was like, this game is dumb. I can't get past like the 11 minute mark and it's stupid. And how are people succeeding at this game? And so for people who are not familiar, but have maybe heard of people talking about the vampire survivors, it is a survival game that is very much in the vein of a bullet hell in the sense that you have a tiny pixel character on screen and it's all 2d and you all you do the only mechanic in the game is movement like you don't fire your weapons you don't like uh, trigger health potions nothing you literally just move your character around the screen in a very traditional bullet hell sense and when i say bullet hell i mean everything that touches you on screen kills you or damages you there is no way to fight back manually. It's all automatically triggered. So there's a variety of characters that you can unlock through grinding. And the grind comes into the roguelike part of the game. And generally, if the tag roguelike is on a PC game in Steam in the storefront, I glide right on by. That ain't for me, I say. (laughs) It is not for me. (laughs) But, you know, after hearing everybody talk so highly of the game, I really wanted to try it. And I did download it on Xbox Game Pass because it is available there as well if people are interested in trying it on console. I just never got around to actually booting it up because every time I turn on my Xbox, y'all know what I'd be doing. (laughs) Going to mine for some Iron Ore in Dreamlight Valley. (laughs) You have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. But I got so many of the cute holiday outfits. We'll pin that for now. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so let me get back to Vampire Survivors. So I know we talked about the game, but I just wanted to go over that because I think where I was struggling with this was that I clearly was getting frustrated because at the 10-minute mark, a boss wave is triggered. And then at the 11-minute mark, there's this giant horde that is triggered. And I just could not, for the life of me, figure out what upgrades I needed or how to escape it. And I hadn't gotten far enough along in the game where I could do any master unlocks and I was just failing and I was like okay I'm gonna go to the internet and look up a vampire survivors beginner's guide (laughs) (laughs) just do the thing and figure out what I'm doing wrong and I got frustrated in that process as well because there's so the, the first guides that kept coming up made it seem like they were tailored at people who had just picked up the game, but they really weren't helpful at all. They kept talking about late game stuff Mm -hmm. or maps that I hadn't even unlocked yet, evolutions of weapons. And I was like, what are you talking about weapon evolutions? What the (laughs) heck are those? You know, so I had no idea and I just felt really frustrated. And I know that part of the experience of a roguelike is that you have to learn by dying which is the reason why I don't really like them. (laughs) I don't like to die. But I just felt like I couldn't grind enough because I wasn't getting further or far enough into each level to earn enough coins to actually unlock some of the kind of master stats. So you earn gold in each run that you do. And then you can take that gold back to the main menu and you can buff certain stats like your damage output, your health, your weapon cooldown, etc. Right? There's a bunch of stats you can buff. And then those will carry over each time you do a run. And I just kind of hit this wall that I'm guessing everybody who's played Vampire Survivors <laughs> hit. And then all it takes is just one time for it to like click. And so I just kept failing at like between level 11 and level 13. I just could not get past this wave. Then I decided to unlock a different character. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to just save all my coins from these little baby runs that I'm doing. And I unlocked Gennaro. And this character, their starting buff is that any projectile weapon you unlock automatically gets two projectiles at the beginning. 
And I was like, okay, I like projectile weapons. This sounds fun. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but it, it, I just got a good RNG run because as you progress and level up your character, you get a menu of items to select from. It's from three to four items. So you kill enemies. You have a base weapon when you start, and then you kill an enemy. They drop little experience gems, and you have to pick them up. And as you pick them up, you level up. Each time you level up, it's like, do you want to buff the starting weapon, this new weapon, or do you want to get a passive buff? And what those things are is random. And sometimes you get a really good RNG roll of the things that you get offered. And sometimes you really don't. <laughs> and so it's like, you're going to have a good run or a bad run. And I just think I got a bunch of good RNG. And I also decided to spec luck finally. And that I think also helped. And I finally did like a full 30-minute clear. Uh -oh. And I was like, oh, I get it now. I get why people like this game. I mean, it is very addictive in a way that is both troubling for me, <laughs> but, but also great because it's a 30-minute cap, yeah. meaning at 30 minutes, no matter what level you are, you die. Like this character death arrives on screens and you just insta-die. Mm -hmm. I think that's great for me because it means that I can really do short runs if I want to and just grind out a little gold or if I want to try to make it to the end, my total playtime is only going to be about a half an hour. So you can do short sessions with it if you want to. And it's just so simple to get into because the mechanics are very easy and it's so accessible in that way because all you need to do is be able to have a single way to move your character around. You don't have to trigger literally anything else. It's Question wild. Class. So if you yes. die after 30 minutes, what compels you to play again? to unlock new maps. So after I made it to the end of the first map, then voila, the new maps unlocked. And I was oh, like, okay. ah, these are the maps people are talking about. So I think what compels you to keep playing is finding new secrets, finding new unlocks, because there's lots of different weapons and unlocks in the game. And the weapon evolutions mean like they get more and more powerful. And I think ultimately it's challenging yourself to get as high of a, a level ranking as you can to open your collection and basically like the standard like checkbox things that gamers like to do as far as progression goes inside of a game. But why? What compels you to keep playing? It's fun. It's fun in a way that I wasn't expecting because I used to really love bullet hells when I was younger because they you know started on PC games and it was one of the, the biggest PC categories like back in the day. But I just got really frustrated with them as gaming technology progressed because it felt like the mechanics were so simplified that I was looking for a more in-depth and dynamic experience. And obviously 3D adventure games and 3D games in general really changed the way that people innovated with game design and bullet hells you know, are by nature 2D. I actually don't think I've ever seen a 3D bullet hell. That seems like it'd be really scary and really difficult. Um, <laughs> but if one exists, I feel like I should research that and find that out. But I don't really play a lot of 2D, especially pixel art style games. I, I have mentioned that yeah. before that that aesthetic is just not something that blows my skirt up. But I could not resist because so many people kept talking about how great this game was and it is really fun to play on Steam Deck and that big old screen is <laughs> so nice. I mean, it is heavier than I'd like it to be. And you're right, Rihanna, it does get really mm -hmm. hot, you know, as you play, but I get it now. Yes. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you two are basically the same person now. So your, your Steam Decks and your Vampire Survivors. <laughs> I'm glad you gave it a shot. And in pushing past the 11 minute mark, I understand that grind. It is it is daunting, but so, so worth it, especially if you have any kind of like, you know, taking the checkboxes impulse or that, you know, completionist gene. It is so satisfying. Well, you can just jump right into a new game so quickly. You don't really have to think too much about where you're min maxing points because there's not like a giant skill tree. And it's really clear that the game wants you to spend your coins in certain areas versus others because some of them are just wildly expensive mm -hmm. and are clearly designed for like end game play versus, hey, I'm just starting out. And this game makes no qualms about it being like all aggression all the yeah. time and every guy that I read was like don't even bother trying to be defensive this is not a defensive <laughs> game you must spec everything into DPS you must be as powerful as possible yes. if you want to take down the the late game waves you'll never make it to the 30 minute mark if you like spec passive health booths you have to spec all damage all the time mm -hmm. which is why I think Brittany you might enjoy this game yeah I tried it and I, I rage quit after because I died <laughs> many times and then I wasn't getting gold and I was like I can't progress and then I just 
just lost all interest. But granted, I was playing on my phone, and I've heard that's oh, not the best Oh, okay. Way it is it. harder on the phone to control, I will say. Well, that's a good excuse for me. Thank you. Because I was like, am I the only one who's this <laughs> yeah. bad at this game? But Well, I also read in some of the guides, because I've read quite a few guides <laughs> um, <laughs> looking, for, looking for some answers as to why it was failing. And <laughs> a lot of the guides that I read also mentioned that even on PC, this game is much better with a gamepad or a controller. And that if you are going to play on PC, they recommend using WASD versus mm-hmm. using the arrow mm-hmm. keys. And I'm, you know, I can absolutely see like why that would make it easier. But I mean, this is like having a joystick or thumbsticks makes this game like so much mm-hmm. better in a variety of ways. So maybe if you're feeling frisky or froggy, as you like, to, like say, to say, that. you open up your Game Pass tab next time you log into your Xbox and download it on your Xbox and... Give, give it a, a whirl there, knowing that you just spec all damage into only like two or three weapons. You're going to get real excited about all the cool, fun you know, weapons. I love a- the game's going to be like, want this, want this, want this. And the, my first, like, I think hours worth of runs, I was like, I want to try all the weapons. And then the guides were like, nay, nay, you will fail if you do that. You'll never get <laughs> one weapon high enough level. And so okay. I took those tips and I found a lot more success. Okay. Face tank all the time with one weapon. Got it. Mm-hmm. And that's my whole yeah. life pretty much already. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's been really fun. And I downloaded a bunch of other stuff on Steam Deck to hopefully to check out over time. And I'm looking forward to experimenting with it this year as more games get optimized for that incredible device and I don't need to go into all of my shenanigans in Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Just been making wedding cakes for Ariel oh my and, God. you know, I love you. crafting snowmen for Anna you know, all kinds of fun <laughs> ridiculous things. Ah, oh, that game. Rihanna, yeah. it looks like you have also been playing Disney Dreamlight Valley on your Steam I Deck. I have, so I finally installed it on my okay. Steam Deck and booted it up over the holiday break and I've only spent, I want to say maybe like three, four-ish hours in it and yep, it's going to be a problem. I'm going to play oh. it all the time. <laughs> one of us. One of us. It's, it's <laughs> a really satisfying loop. The characters are just as charming as they always are in any other mm. Disney property and I can't wait to meet more of them. I did unlock Remy as soon as possible. I remember that tip from everybody who commented on previous coverage we've done on the channel so thank you for, for that guide and yeah, it's great. Nothing else to report there. It's wonderful game. Thank you to John Drake and the yes. team at Disney and, and Gameloft for making Thank it. You. Appreciated it. Also on the Steam Deck, <laughs> which was connected to the TV, I've been playing Jackbox Party Pack Nine. Oh. So I finally got to, to boot this one up. Yeah, I was really excited for it. So over the break, my husband, his sister, and his niece and I all played. Every single game in Jackbox Party Pack 9. So I can give a quick little breakdown of each one and what ones I would recommend, what ones I wouldn't. Yes. I want to know what your favorite is. Okay. So there's five. I'll just name them really quickly and then tell you my favorite. There's Fibbage 4, the fourth Fibbage game, Quicksort, Junktopia, Nonsensory, and Rumorang. And of all of those, it's an easy answer to say Fibbage 4, but it's definitely my favorite. If you played Fibbage before or any sort of game in the Jackbox lineup, it's a bluffing game where they give you a prompt. Everybody fills in an answer and tries to fool each other by giving one that's either really funny or really convincing. And if you guess the right answer, then you get points. If you fool other people, you also get points. Uh-oh. The formula is just as strong as it's always been. It's a really good take on the the tried and true formula they do have a twist this time around where you can pre-fill the prompts with things about the people in the room which is kind of a neat little addition but yeah fibbage it's fantastic it's for two to eight players i think you can have up to like a hundred people in the audience and really quickly a couple notes about the party pack in general they've approached this game with so much self-awareness about how people consume it There's family-friendly mode, so if you're playing with, you know, your husband's niece, for instance, you can switch off profanity. (laughs) You can put it into streamer mode so that it's longer, elongated timers for people to answer things. It gives the audience more interaction time as well. And they, they have different flips that you can switch to say, like, only a certain number of people are allowed in the audience or, you know, like different things that you can do to make the, the experience 
more appropriate for the way you're playing it. So if you're playing it at home with a bunch of friends or if you're playing it in quote unquote public online, they make it very approachable. So really appreciate that. And it's incredibly customizable. I just want to say that. So they'll let you put captions, um, live captions on everything that is in the video prompts within the game, things like that. And just again, to make it more accessible. But if we're talking about favorites, my second favorite, I have to mention this one. It's called Rumoring. And it's literally like playing an episode of The Circle. Like it's a reality TV. I've been watching the new season, by the way. We have to talk about it. Oh my gosh, yes, please. (laughs) I'll read the description they have on the site. So it says, channel your inner reality TV star in an attempt to come out on top. Respond to prompts, bring the competition, and role play to avoid being voted out. Never fear, though, even when you're out, you'll find yourself rumoring right back into the drama. What it does is it gives you a prompt to say, hey, what's your name? What's your roommate name? You can put your own name. So like, for instance, my husband put Danny. And then after he was voted out, another roommate came in that looked exactly like the character he picked with the hat on it. And it said Denny instead of Danny. (laughs) And he comes back and he keeps playing as if he was someone new. So it's really, really (laughs) cute. It plays on all of our favorite reality TV tropes like you know trying to to play into your personality or you know voting someone out because you know you didn't like the way they voted in the last round and it's a lot of fun it it really kind of puts you into that driver's seat of all of the shows we like watching so that was a really fun one I also really liked Quicksort and Junktopia Quicksort it's more just like trivia based game like what order are things supposed to go in it's really approachable very easy to understand a nice beginner's game and then Junktopia is really creative you get to basically pitch a sales pitch for this piece of junk that you haggle for and try to get it to be a bought and appraised for as much as possible. So they give the, oppo- the opportunity to present and you can go up and say, this is my rare find and here's its backstory. And it, it gives you a lot of improv prompts and it's it's a lot of fun. So this is a really good party pack. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you plan on playing it on stream. But 100%, if you want to play these games in person with a close group of friends, I think this may be the best party pack for that. Maybe less so tailored to strangers. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, we're big fans of Jackbox games. We play them all the time on stream and play them a lot in our anniversary streams and happy hour Q&As and things like that. I think it's so interesting you mentioned that these games feel tailored to knowing the people that you're playing Mm -hmm. with versus others. Because some of the previous games, like one of the favorites that we played on stream, the TKO game with the t-shirts where you create like a t-shirt slogan, but then it's mixed up with artwork that somebody else has made and they get mashed Mm -hmm. up. I always think that that's a really fun one because you never know what you're going to get, but you don't necessarily need to know who you're playing against in order to be successful because so much of it is also random. Mm -hmm. Like You have to come up with a clever prompt, but you never know what the artwork's going to look like. So I love how, you know, they kind of mix and match, you know, games that work in multiple settings, but... Sometimes the ones that are more tailored to the people you know end up being more fun because it can be, you know, more personal. There's some fun inside joke moments for sure. Like when we were playing Junktopia, for those who don't know, my husband's Dominican. One of the traditions he does every New Year's is he takes a piece of luggage and he walks around the block and that's to give him good luck traveling for the rest of the year. And his niece picked a junk item that was literally like a toy of a little old man with a piece of luggage and she named it Danny on New Year's Eve. And so like just that little (laughs) inside joke, she automatically won that round. Like we all just loved it. It was so creative and funny and spot on. So it's just an example of how like it can be a lot more fun if you do have those personal connections. But obviously all of the games are still approachable for a group of people or strangers or even, you know, friends on the internet. Ah, I love it. Well, thank you to the team at Jackbox for making that game and sending over codes. And I think that's going to do it for us for this week. We are looking forward to, like I mentioned, having Paris on the show next week. And hopefully we will hear more about what Brittany's playing. It's not next week. It's later. Yeah, it's a couple weeks away. Oh, dang. Okay, okay. Keep your secrets. I will. (laughs) Insert gif here. All right, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us, enjoying the show, and have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.